Welcome, Abundant Babe. I have been waiting for you. And I get the feeling I know you pretty well already. Because like me, you are the visionary, the eternal optimist, the one who embraces all aspects of her divine feminine while being grounded with ambitious and driven energy. You've got big dreams and you're ready to make it all happen. Well, let me tell you, soul sister, you've come to the right place. The Abundant Babe podcast is designed for goddesses just like you. We will talk about purposeful business, personal growth, mindset, money, manifestation, success, goals, all with a splash of spirituality and a tad of silliness. I know you've got it in you and now is the time, beautiful. Trust in yourself and take action on what myself and other abundant babes share in the sacred space. And believe me, babe, your life will continue to change and expand. I'm your host, Viola Hug, multi-passionate entrepreneur, mentor, and coach. And my purpose is to help visionaries manifest everything they want through alignment, spirituality, and tangible strategy. It is so great to have you here. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the Abundant Babes podcast. <laughs> I like every time I come up with a new jingle and that's the jingle for today, guys. So <laughs> Abundant Babes podcast. And today we have a special friend from Canada, which <laughs> for those of you who've been looking out at what I'm up to, you know that Canada's our next destination. So it's even more exciting and Canadians are just awesome, not biased. Um, But I'm so, 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 so excited to welcome you to the show, Alex. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I've been looking forward to this all week. I can't wait. Can't wait to dive into all the things with you today. Yeah, me too. So I know Alex just through like our mutual circle um, of friends slash coaches slash really amazing human beings. And she is just such an incredible person. Like I really, really vibe with her because what I love about her is she's just like so badass. She's like always doing all these amazing things. She is honestly just killing it. And the, the way she does it though, is through this incredible, like emotional intelligence, spiritual, all about the vibes, vibes. (laughs) And vibes is a big thing for her. (laughs) I need you to like wake me up every morning and tell me that. (laughs) (laughs) Just make this your ringtone. (laughs) Literally. Yeah. But not only this, she's also pregnant right now. She's got a baby due in August. So she's just like, you know, the ultimate like expression of femininity and epicness and creation. And I'm so excited to have a conversation with her today because it's going to go down some really, really fun, fun paths. It's going to go in fun directions, whatever makes sense. There. It's gonna be great. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be freaking great. And so, um, just so that we can, I well, I I know you, but I want to get to know you more as well. And the audience needs to get to know you. Let's let's dive into your story. Let's let's get a little bit personal. Let's like tell me the goss of your life. Like what what's happened in your life? Who are what's you? Where are you from? What you do? Well, let me see here. Where to begin? Well, I feel like you know. Like most people, my story begins when I was like a small girl, mm-hmm. right? Because we were talking even before this that there's often little like seeds or signs of what you're going to be doing later in life early on in your childhood. Mm-hmm. So when I was a little girl, I was very spiritual and like very connected to God, the universe, whatever you want to call the higher power. I was mm-hmm. always very intuitive. I was always um, 
not like super extroverted. I was never really, I always had friends, but I was more into kind of like my own world, more into, you know, spirituality. I remember my dad got me like a Ouija board when I was nine. Like I was just always into it. Right. And then I, um, like a lot of people do as I got older, I became more focused on fitting in. Right. I got, you know, like we all have this conditioning we got from the world. We're all sort of, you know, taught that there's a right way to live life and a wrong way to live life. And so in my, you know, late childhood years, early teen years, I became really focused, like a lot of us do, on like looking right and being right and, and doing the right things. And so I really kind of stepped away from following my intuition and stepped away from a lot of the things that like lit me up as a little girl, like being in nature, you know, painting pictures right? Just kind of like being with my stuffed animals. And like, I, you know, had a lot of spiritual experiences happen when I was younger. Like I would like see things and hear things. And, but as I got older, I just kind of like put that all away and really focused on like being normal. Like that was like my like main objective. And this was the path that I walked for many years in my life. I, you know, was told by the society that I'm in that the right thing to do is to go to university and to get a stable job and then work your job. And then when you're 65, you get to retire. And then finally, then you get to like live your life. And so that's kind of what I set out doing. And that worked out well for me. I ended up going to uh, study journalism in university when I was 18. Loved studying journalism. And I was one of the lucky grads. I graduated in 2012, which at that point in Canada, it was not a hot economic time. Like all we heard in university was like, you're never going to get a job. You're never going to get a job. Like Mm -hmm. it's going to be really hard. And I was actually one of the lucky grads in my program. I mean, luck, I worked, I worked hard in school. It was something I created for myself to get a job. So I got a job in my field as a reporter a newspaper reporter in my hometown. And I thought I had it made like at 22, here I am. I'm making a decent salary. Cause of course I'd been like a student and poor for mm-hmm. like many years and I'm making money. I have a car, right. I have a stable job. Most of my friends are still serving or still trying to figure out their shit. And I'm like, okay, like I have got this made. And that felt good for approximately one week. Very <laughs> <laughs> classic. Like very soon into this job, I realized like, oh my God, this is not for me. Like, this is not for Mm -hmm. me. I felt freaking so anxious every day. I like felt so much stress. I never felt so trapped in something in my whole life because I felt like this is what I've been working for for years. I've spent like four years of my life, which at 22 is like a pretty long time. Like university feels like a long time when you're in your early twenties and like thousands of dollars on this education. And like, if this isn't it, like, what am I going to do? And I was like really freaking out about it. And so I call this time in my life, my quarter life crisis. Like mm-hmm. I like hot mess express going to this job that I hated, not liking it, but having no idea what I didn't know myself. I had no idea what I wanted to do instead. But it was during this point in my life that I discovered spirituality. Like I, you know, was into it as a child. And then my dad actually, I'd gone through a breakup in around the ages of 16 or 17 with the guy that I was seeing in high school, like very vanilla relationship. But when you're like 16, you like think your whole freaking world is collapsing. <laughs> yeah. um, he uh, gave me the book, The Secret, right? Mm-hmm. We all probably, I'm sure your audience is very familiar with, with The Secret. There's a Netflix movie, there's a book. It's a little bit cheesy, but 
um, at 16 years old, it was my first introduction to like the law of attraction and really like understanding that like we create our reality, our thoughts, you know, create our emotions, which creates our vibration. And so I put that all away when I went to university, but here I am at 22, super anxious, having no idea what I want to do with my life. And I began to sort started to get back into that. I remember downloading the secret app on my phone and like every morning when I would like wake up in the morning and like go pee, we always like look at our phone. I don't know if you do this, but I did this like every morning, bring my phone to the bathroom, look at it. And I would read these, um, every day they gave you like a new teaching, a new mantra, a, a sort of little dose of the secret. And I would read these in the morning and I started to literally like recalibrate my vibration in this job. And that started to lead me on a very spiritual path. It was very synchronistic. I, you know, there was a lot of twists and turns. I ended up traveling, I ended up leaving the job eventually, traveling for a while, getting into marketing. And it was actually in a marketing role that I discovered what life coaching was. So for like two years, I kind of vibed in spirituality, kind of drifted mm -hmm. around. And then in this job, I was doing um, like Instagram outreach. Like I was a social media marketing role for like a really bohemian yoga company. And so one of my jobs or like my duties was to connect with influencers on Instagram. And so we would, we would build relationships with different yoga teachers, different spiritual teachers. And it was through building these relationships that I actually, the first coach that I ever discovered, I don't know if you have heard of her, her name's Jackie Carr. And she is a part of a duo with another woman, Mary Beth called Rock Your Bliss. Mm -hmm. And so they're brand ambassadors for us. And I realized that I'm like, oh my gosh, like you can make a living, like helping other people create and design lives that they love while also doing this for yourself. Like this is a job, like this is a thing. And that, at that point I was like, oh my God, my, my body was like a full body. Yes. I felt like I needed to explore this. I needed to dive into it. So I ended up leaving that job, going into a coaching certification slowly starting to build my business. And that was like four, how old am I now? This happened all when I was 24, 25, I'm almost 29. So it's been like four and a half years of this, putting one foot in front of the other. But yeah, that's essentially my story of how I got, I got here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Kind of> long, <laughs> but <laughs> I love it. I love it. I was actually trying to do the mental math. I'm like, wait, what year were you born? So were you born in 89, uh, 90? 90? 90. Yeah. Okay. Do you, and what's your human design? I'm sure you know. I'm a projector. Ah. Oh. Classic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when I figured you... out my human design, it was like my whole life made sense. Oh like, yeah. It was like crazy. What are you? What are you? I'm a manifester. Ooh. Yeah. I know. Yeah, so unique. <laughs> um, mm. What's your authority? My authority is splenic. Yeah. Same. Same yeah. as my husband too. He's a splenic projector. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's like I, I totally feel that though that full body yes thing and I was just like I need to know I need to know yeah. and like an instant yes like mm -hmm. before I used to take things up in my head and question them and ruminate and things but now that I know that like with spunic authority you feel it you feel it it's a yes you don't need to wait you don't need to mm -hmm. you know think about it it's made my life how I make decisions so much easier yeah. because I don't second guess myself anymore because I know that first intuitive hit is always going to be the right intuitive hit. And actually when I like look back in my life and you know, the decisions that I've made in the past, anytime I've strayed from that, it's been like, no, no, no. So human design has given me a lot of confidence in myself and just like, Oh, okay. Like there's a yeah. way like being a projector. I'm sure, you know, cause your husband, you don't have a lot of natural energy. Like mm -hmm. I need to constantly be feeling inspired and be really taking care of myself. And 
But in entrepreneurship, you're kind of taught, it's a very masculine um, kind of vibe of entrepreneurship that we're taught, right? Like mm-hmm. I used to be so hard on myself for so many years in my business for not like busting 12 hour days and like grinding and hustling just because that actually feels awful for me because I don't have the energy, but I thought like I would never have what it takes to make it as an entrepreneur because I wasn't working hard enough. And so discovering that I was a projector and realizing what I needed to be um, inspired and, and to create really helped take the pressure off my shoulders mm-hmm. and like the critic out of my head that was constantly telling me that like I was not good enough. So mm-hmm. yeah, I had such a similar experience as well because manifestors are the same. They don't have a defined sacral, so they don't have like the energy center. And, um, I, when I first heard it, I like completely resented it because at that point I fully identified as a workaholic because, and like a proud of it workaholic. And, um, it's interesting though, because, you know, like our open centers are the ones where we can also become conditioned by our environment. And I grew up with two manifesting generator parents. So, um, yeah, it's like, it's really interesting. And then when I started to lean into that more and I was just like, now I'm just like, do I even work? I'm like, what do I do? (laughs) Like I do work, but it's just like, there's such a balance of like play and time off. It's like where I used to always feel like I need to be doing like, what else can I do? What else can I do? And that was my only energy. And I like, was like, you know, like spitting my wheels in the same place. Whereas now I'm just like a little bit here and then a little bit there and it leaps me forward to the next place. And I'm like a little bit here and a little bit there. And you know, it's, yeah, it was game changing for me as well. You find that you've been more successful since, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it's funny because we're taught, yeah, we yeah. just think like, oh my God, if I don't do this, if I'm not super productive today, like my whole world's going to crumble. Mm-hmm. And actually when you like work in alignment with how you flow, you're usually 10 times more successful than if you like just grind in and hustled all day. Yes. I found the, the, have found the exact same thing. So like, the I do the more impact I have when I'm doing it in the right vibe. Yeah. Like I learned about human design the month I launched my coaching business and I ran my coaching business with like the knowledge that I built. Like I got obsessed with human design and I like learned all about it and I use it with my clients and stuff. Yeah. Um, but like I, because I was just like straight away, my splenic yes was like, this is it. Like you need to know this stuff. And, um, and then as, cause I basically built my entire business with the knowledge of human design, whereas everything else I'd ever built in other businesses and stuff was without the knowledge. Um, and when I look back, I was totally working against my design rather than with it. And Uh, so it's just like, it makes so much sense. And so that's why I'm always like with my clients, I'm like, I need to know what type you are. So I know like how to guide you because otherwise I'm going to be telling you what works for me, not what works for you. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I think it's super important. Yeah. Too, because that's what our innate thing, like, oh, this worked for me, it'll work for you. But actually that could be like very like detrimental to somebody's mm-hmm. success or to how they feel. Like if you're not a manifesting generator or a generator and you're like, you go, 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 do, do, do all the things. It's like, mm, it's probably not going to, mm-hmm. not going to be an outcome for you. Yeah. And for those of you listening, like, I know you've heard me talk about human design like 501 times on the podcast. So hopefully by now you've at least Googled it. Yeah. Um, but if <laughs> not, like, go have a look through because I do have a couple of episodes on human design. Um, and then, um, uh, you can always like learn about it online and message me or whatever. But, um, so, um, what was I thinking? Oh, and just Google, get a free chart, human design. If you, if you want to know what your type is, not that that will tell you much, it'll probably confuse you more than anything, but at least you'll know. (laughs) At least you'll then know what to Google. Yeah. Like, yeah. What is the projector? What is the yeah. spleenic authority? Like that's what I did. I did my chart. Yeah. And I'm like, what does this mean? Like, yeah. I just went through everything, and I'm just like, human design. Da, da, da. 
human design did it at like what each bit meant and then I was like I slowly pasted it together (laughs) yeah it's so comprehensive like I got a book a little while ago Uh and went all of my gates and channels Uh uh-huh it's like whoa this is bang on just like everything was like bang the deeper you go like at first I was like yeah I resonate with projector I Uh resonate with kind of the broader aspects of human design Uh but then going in and like I I don't have the book I usually have it handy here but it's not right now um going in and like looking at all of my specific gates and channels and what they had open and then I did it for my husband too and it was funny because we actually connected in a couple like channels that I would have open and half filled he would fill the other half and I'm like the same as me my husband so cool. I know because I'm a split definition and he's a single definition. So it's kind of like technically his energy flows fine on its own, but my energy has a split and mm-hmm. his, his like, he's got the half channel that I don't. So when we're together, he completes me. Oh, I know I found the same thing. And then I was like, oh my God, we are soulmates. It's like, look, we go together. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> so funny and I like looking at it for clients too because I like seeing where our gates match up because then it's like oh okay so this makes sense because when we work together you'll be better at this you know yeah. and yeah it's so good but so the, cool. what's your what's do you know off the top of your head what your um like personality um your conscious gate is you know the the the, the, the you know how you have your incarnation cross yes do you know your numbers your your what your gates are Oh, the numbers, like, is it the slash slash? Mm-hmm. I want to say I'm a three, five or a five, three. Oh, that one, the profile. Okay. We'll go with that one. I was, I was like wondering about the gates, but it's, it's getting confusing without visuals. <laughs> yeah. I need to look at it. That's yeah, the thing. Like, I know the big terms, but then if I look at it, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's what that is. Yeah, that's yeah. What that is. Like, mm-hmm. because my, my, like, um, my conscious gate, which is like the sun gate is, um, uh, for me is intuition and then, then I also have drive, shock, and um, what's my other one? Can't remember. But yeah, so the, it's like it's such a fun combo. I gotta go learn about myself more after this call. I'm gonna be like, what is she saying? What's my conscious gate? Yeah, <laughs> go have a look. Yeah, yeah. I want to know. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's where I feel like it, you're so right. That's where it comes together and really makes more sense. One of the things as well that I found really interesting about human design, which is a topic that I wanted to talk about with you anyway, but maybe not just in the human design context, um, is like this whole concept of empaths, right? Because I always understood the concept of empaths and I was like, oh yeah, I'm definitely an empath because I, you know, I do pick up um, feelings and everything from the people around me. And um, the, what I learned through human design or how human design talks about it anyway, is because um, there's like, everyone has nine centers in human design and some of them are open and some of them are closed. And where they're open is where you're technically an empath. Um, usually in society, we talk about emotional empaths, which means you have your emotional center open, which means you're taking on the emotions of the people around you and amplifying them. Whereas people who have a, a closed center there mean they have a full internal expression of emotion, which means they experience all emotions so they can relate with others' emotions. So like you can still have someone who's like um, empathetic in the terms of how we use it in society, who can have an open or a closed one, but a true like emotional empath to, to literally picking up other people's emotion would have an open center there. Um, and But then also wherever you have open centers is where you are technically an empath right which is yeah, really totally. interesting For yeah sure. and sure. um and I, I found it really interesting when we were talking before we started recording and you're just like 
what you notice is that there's like so many uh, heart-led, sensitive, empathic women out there who have this desire. They like want to do amazing things with their life, but they're so confronted by the emotional um, or the perceived emotional baggage or pain or strain that it may take. Like, can you talk a little bit more about that? Because this is a huge, important topic. For sure. Like for me, so I'm definitely an empath. So being a projector, I actually only have a few, like if we're going via human design, a few defined parts of my body. Like I I have my G center is defined, which is that box I believe is in your chest here. My human design, I I know it for me and I work a little bit with clients, but I'm not like the human design expert at all. And my throat is defined and I literally, and then my root is defined and I literally think that that is it. And your spleen my spleen. Yeah. And then the rest of me is like white, like everything else is open. So in entrepreneurship, right. So I, you know, when I started my business, I felt this heart based calling to like serve and to lead all of these beautiful things. And then when I started going, you know, about the motions of business and learning things, like I constantly would spin in circles. I would constantly self-sabotage because every time that I would get triggered or every time that I would, you know, like when we're starting a business, it's a pretty vulnerable thing, right? Especially when you're in a coaching space, especially Mm -hmm. when you're in a healing space, it's like you're sharing about yourself, you're teaching, right? And I would post on social media and because I'm so open, I would be so focused on what everyone else was thinking, or I'd be so focused on like offending other people, or I'd be so focused on like the feelings of other people instead of doing what lit me up. And Mm -hmm. this made it really difficult for me to move forward in business. Like for, I, you know, have been doing this since 2015 and it was really only within the last year, year and a half that I've been able to build the momentum. And now I'm able to do this full time and make a healthy income, but it's taken me a while. And that's because my emotions would constantly overwhelm me and taking on the energy of all of these other people, whether it be clients, whether it be social media followers, it like kept me in this like trapped, stuck, icky vibe place for so long Mm -hmm. until I learned emotional intelligence. Like until I learned how to differentiate what are my thoughts and feelings from the thoughts and feelings of others and drop what I like to call my nice girl complex. (laughs) So a lot of us, when we're empaths, because, you know, I'll just go super deep here. So For many of us, there's human design, which is how we're born, right? So when you're born, like your human design, you have these these places defined or you have them undefined. But a lot of what also creates empaths in our world is our early childhood. So you grow up in environments like where you are more sensitive, therefore you're more attuned to the feelings of others. In your household for a lot of empaths, what they did was they learned how to suppress their needs in order to meet the needs of other people. Because if the people around them are happy, right, then they're going to feel good. Then they're going to feel safe. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like abandoning what you wanted to do in favor of what, what mom wants you to do so that mom feels better. And if mom's feeling good, because you can feel her feelings, you're going to feel better too. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this makes it super hard when we get to like adulthood and we're, we're moving forward and we're wanting to do things for ourselves to even know who we are at all. Because yep. our whole strategy in life has been do what other people want so that we feel safe around those people because they feel good, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, in my business, I was like obsessed with being nice. I was obsessed with everyone liking me. I was like obsessed with making sure everyone around me felt good. And like, I'm not saying that people need to be mean or nasty, but it was like an absolute betrayal to like what I wanted. 
and to what felt good for me. And so, you know, growing a business and also, because I think, especially in coaching, what we do, it's like, you have to lead yourself first. Like you can only help people integrate and expand as much as you've integrated and expanded. So mm-hmm. a big part of like my own journey and now what I teach and lead women through is this like figuring out who you are, right? Figuring out what your boundaries are, figuring out what you want. Because for a lot of us who are empathic and sensitive, it's like, we know a little bit about what we want, but we're also so hyper freaked out by offending people and rubbing people the wrong way that we often dilute our dreams and dilute our desires in favor of what everybody else wants, because that's how we've lived our whole life. So kind of helping them through that. And cause that's what I've really had to do. Like I was so scared when I started my business because my parents, um, they worked very traditional corporate jobs. Like they all sort of climbed the corporate ladder. My mom was like a CEO. So like that was what I had in my mind as like the right way to live your life. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I decided to start my own business, not only just start my own business, but decided to be a life coach at 24, like my whole family was like rolling their eyes. Right. Like they were like, okay, like this is a phase. Like yeah. we'll just like, go, go to your thing, sweetie. But it was like, it was like supportive, but like not, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. That was really hard for me because I was like, oh my gosh, like if I'm letting my family down, what does that mean for me? And so doing a lot of healing work around that, right. Really figuring out like, what is the life that I want to live and how can I shamelessly go for that in spite of other people's opinions and in spite of what other people think has been like the biggest piece of work that I've you know, done kind of it on myself, but it's what's helped me been able to be successful because before this I was constantly sabotaging and limiting myself in subconscious ways without knowing this dynamic was going on because I was actually really afraid to be successful doing something that my family didn't approve of because of this whole dynamic. So mm-hmm. I feel like I could yeah. talk for hours. <laughs> oh no, I love this. This is like I'm just like nodding my head freaking ferociously over here because I'm like, yep, yep, me too, me too, me too, me too, me too. Because it's like, yeah, it's so, it's so interesting how that happens. Cause I had the same um, kind of thing with, and I still notice it crop up at times and I have to like remind myself, I'm like, no, I'm safe to be myself, you know? And this is actually like for, I mean, everyone listening knows I just recently wrote a book because I don't shut up about it. But, um, for me, writing my book has been one of the like biggest things as well of like self-reflection back into myself Mm -hmm. and getting to know myself because like, um, when I, even before I started writing my book and I think it was around last year when I was really like building my business and aware of human design and aware of, I don't know, just more aware of myself than I'd ever been. I started like thinking about what do I actually like, you know, and it was even simple things like people like what branding colors do you want? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. And they're like, what colors do you like? And I'm like, I don't know. Should I like? Can I like rainbow? So I don't have to choose. Like I always used to say my favorite color is rainbow. <laughs> and then people would be like, I really like purple. I'm like, yeah, I love purple too. Yeah, yeah. The most most batshit crazy thing about it is that I believed it. I didn't know. I couldn't tell you what my favorite color was genuinely because I just like okay, I do love all colors. Putting that out there, but still, like, it was like it's such a small example, but it's an example of like how it also impacted me in the bigger things. It was like, well, what do you really enjoy? Mm, What do you enjoy? You know, like 
shrugging my shoulders and and because I grew up in like you know in a house where in terms of human design everyone else had defined emotionals out of a family of five I was the only one with an open emotional so it was like I was the people pleaser and also the like peacemaker of the family most of the time I I had like a short little rebel phase but other than that you know, that, that's my role. And, and, um, when I started learning this and I I needed to unlearn, like even things like, um, always wanting to be there to like be the savior for my mom. I'm like, she's a grown ass woman. I don't need to do that anymore. And then like, you know, like so concerned about what my sister's doing. And I'm like, she's also grown up. Like, I don't need to worry about these people. And like, and kind of like, um, uh, like what you said, like sacrifice my, uh, my emotional health, sacrifice what I want to do just because I need to like be this little organizer of keeping space. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think so many people can relate to that as well, because I mean, as we know, even whether or not you're empathic, although I'm assuming like most people who listen to my podcast probably are more inclined to be on the wow. sensitive scale, yeah. <laughs> um, sure. but like, uh, it's, it's a really hard thing not to be impacted by, uh, by um, the emotions or the um, feelings or the opinions of other people along the way. And it's even harder when you take them on as your own, which empaths mm-hmm. do, right? For um, sure. So For sure. like, what would be your kind of like advice in terms of like how people, like, have you got any like tips on emotional intelligence or even maybe we can touch on what actually emotional intelligence is or like what some hacks would be for the empath? Yeah, um, absolutely. I have many tips. So first of all, like to to define what emotional intelligence is. So to me, emotional intelligence is being able to like feel your feelings, right? So a lot of us, when we have uncomfortable feelings, they feel uncomfortable. So we try and run away from them, right? Mm -hmm. We try and suppress them. We try and deny them. We try and distract ourselves. We try and avoid them, right? So emotional intelligence is honoring the truth of how you feel and being able to move through those feelings way that's not detrimental to you and other people in your life, right? So when we like push our feelings down or we suppress them, often what happens is because what we resist persists, those mm-hmm. feelings build and bubble up and they cause us to lash out at our partner. They cause us to uh, maintain an inner dialogue that is really not healthy for our growth, for our expansion, right? Like even though we're not looking at them because we're distracting ourselves and our energy, doesn't mean that that feeling's not a part of our emotional body still, right? Mm-hmm. So in terms of, and it becomes a lot more complex when we're sensitive and when we're open, because we're not only dealing with our own emotions, we're also often taking on the energy and the emotions of other people in our environment, right? Yeah. Whether they be family, friends, coworkers, strangers we pass on the street, right? We're, we're, we're feeling super deeply into it. So mm-hmm. the first thing that I always walk, you know, clients through and people through when we're doing this type of inner work is boundaries. Because when mm-hmm. we're empaths, it's really hard for us to distinguish where we end and another person begins, mm-hmm. right? And so I, you know, for example, I was talking with a client uh, very recently. She's just, um, she's doing uh, her first workshop, right? So she's doing her first workshop. She's having all these women come in and she's 100% a sensitive. This client is super empathic and she's super worried about how everyone in her workshop is going to feel, right? She's already taking on the energy of how everybody there is going to feel, right? And so I was telling her, well, as a coach and as a leader and as a facilitator, it's super important for you to know where your responsibility ends and another person's responsibility begins, 
right? Because in any sort of growth relationship, whether it be a coaching relationship, whether it be like a therapist client relationship, whether it be you're going to a personal development seminar or workshop, like as a leader, you're responsible for being an integrity with yourself and delivering the material that you intended to deliver, right? Mm -hmm. But the recipient of that is responsible for receiving that information, implementing it and integrating it in order to create a result. Like you can't go do, you can't go do yeah. all the things for your client right? But when we're empathic, it's super hard to get that because we don't know where we end and another person begins, right? So literally there's figuring out for yourself, like, and I think with boundaries, a lot of people perceive boundaries as being like a fence, like don't cross this, don't come in my vibe. Whereas I see boundaries as being personal preferences, right? So you were Mm -hmm. saying as a little girl, like you struggled to know what your own color was probably because you wanted to have the same favorite color as like the cool girls or whoever you're friends with, right? Like today this week it's pink oh yours is blue mine's blue too right (laughs) you want to feel belonging with those people right so as we and when we get older we kind of realize like oh shit I don't really know myself so I think figuring out where you end and another person begins is figuring out your preferences right like if I like chocolate ice cream and you like strawberry ice cream that's a boundary like your favorite ice cream is strawberry and my favorite ice cream is chocolate, right? Or I'm, you know, I'm the coach in this relationship, you are the client, like that's a boundary, right? Mm-hmm. So figuring out like what you like, figuring out what your values are, figuring mm-hmm. out, you know, what your desires are and knowing that it is completely okay for you to have your desires and for somebody else to have their desires and for those to not always be in alignment, mm-hmm. right? So I think, you know, figuring out what you like and what you don't like and really doing the work to get to know yourself Mm -hmm. at that intimate level, because that's where all of our joy is going to come from in life, right? Like Mm -hmm. I believe that like the desires that we are born with, we're meant to line up with them. We're meant to manifest them in our lives, right? And other people are meant to manifest their desires, right? But where empaths get kind of, especially in business and, and I mean life in general, get a little mixed up is... I have this desire to do this, right? My mom has this desire to do this, but she thinks I should do this. So therefore I think I should do this too. It's like we override our own truth constantly in favor of other people. So I think the biggest thing is, is first figuring out who you are, what you like, what you don't like, and allowing yourself to know where your energy ends and another person's energy begins and not being afraid to um, you know, create dynamics. Sometimes when we're doing inner work, like what I've really realized in myself and also leading people through this is like, it creates often conflicts in relationships, Uh right? So the thing is when we're, we're used to being a certain way and everybody in our life is used to us being a certain way, when we all of a sudden start to kind of like take our power back and find ourselves, it can feel threatening to the people who love us the most, Mm -hmm. right? So not being afraid to have Converse, I think when we have proactive conversations instead of reactive conversations, when we're doing this inner work, it's also really helpful, right? Because yeah. we're not getting pissed off at our family or pissed off at our friends, right? For violating our boundaries when they don't even know that we're on this like self-discovery journey. So I think it's, you know, another really great thing is to kind of tell people what you're up to and kind of tell people how you've been feeling and kind of tell them that you're, you know, in this space where you're really trying to, you know, find yourself and figure out what you like and figure out what you don't like so that when there is those conflicts coming up or when you are realizing you're doing something just to kind of do it to please another person, like you're not having to get in an argument or a fight about it. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? It's like 
you can, you've already kind of like paved the way for that. Cause I know I had to do that in my marriage. Like we were, we were together before I was coaching at all. Mm -hmm. So he's been with me through this whole personal development journey. And there was a point where I was like, you know, I'm realizing I'm always defaulting to what you want to do because I genuinely don't know what I want to do. And I'm realizing right now it's really holding me back in my life because I'm feeling super lost in my business. I'm feeling super lost in general. Right. And I, I really want to work on this. So it was actually great because then Dale was able to help me by like asking me, okay, like, what do you want for dinner? Like, mm-hmm. where do you want to go? Like, what do you want to do today? Instead of like, you know, us getting in spats or arguments because I'm like, you're not respecting my boundaries. I'm just trying to find myself. And he's like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. that answer the question. I feel like yeah. I maybe want to ask No, that was so good. That was so good. I love that. And it's so funny that you said that about your, with your husband as well, because I have things like that with my husband as well. Like the other day I was just like, you know what? I just realized that I like always like, what was it like? it was something really stupid. Like whenever we're grocery shopping, like when I grab something, I'm like, can we get this? And I'm like, why am I asking? We're like buying groceries, but it's like, I just check in to make sure like, you know what I mean? Um, and it was so funny. And then, um, and then, yeah, we had a conversation about it, but then afterwards I realized that, um, with some things I actually don't mind doing that because I'm part of it as well as like him being the masculine, Um, And, you know, just like kind of being that little like provider and taking care of me vibe, which, but as soon as I like got clear of like where it was coming from, then it was okay. But when I first realized, I'm like, why do I do that? Am I like seeking permission? Am I seeking, like, am I like looking to like, please everyone instead of knowing what I want? And, but then it was so good because I could have that internal reflection. So it's like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of like how this feels. So I'm going to choose it instead of being like, am I just doing this because I don't know who I am? Like, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then I was just like, Oh my gosh, am I like, you know, am I messing up my money vibe? I was like, how's this impacting me? But I think even like if it had any impacts before, as soon as I realized it, and then now, because now I don't do it with everything, like, like, I feel like so empowered. Like sometimes I'm like, I'm just going to put this in the trolley. He's never once been like, you can't get that. Like, I have no idea why I started doing that. Like, I really don't like, even when I'm paying, I do it. Like, it's just... (laughs) so weird so um see yourself if you were to go back in time as a little girl and see if that's something that you did oh you were shopping with your parents or something like if it's an old 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 pattern that just oh yeah it definitely it definitely is because like I even had things where what if like um I wanted things for my birthday I'd be like oh can we get this and I'd be like just waiting for the no because I'd like know my parents usually like couldn't afford it or they wouldn't get it you know so I would just like ask like hoping and then be like, oh, okay, and put it back. And like, you know, it was almost like a thing that I did as a kid all the time. And even if I knew they'd say no, I'd just ask anyway, just on the off chance they'd say yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. But yeah, anyway, it's, it's, yeah, it's so important to know yourself. Like, and that's the realization I had last year too. I'm like, I don't think anyone really knows themselves, like, especially the sensitive souls. <laughs> like, for sure. Well, we're not taught how to know it. Like, we're, unless we have parents that are conscious and really, you know, uh-huh. help help us to nurture that. It's like, think about your life. Like you go to school, you learn all these things you're supposed to learn. You know, uh-huh. if you have a natural inclination to something and it doesn't fit into the particular curriculum yeah. or what you're supposed to be studying, like you don't get to do what's true for you. You know, so much of your childhood in your life is meant to fit in. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why a lot of people 
you know, I don't know if this is a trend in New Zealand or, or where you're living, but like in Canada, it's like a lot of people go to school. This is something I found with so many of my friends. They go to school, they do all the right things, they graduate, and then they're like, I feel lost. Like, yeah. I do not. This program that I took, communications, you know, whatever it is, environmental management, like this does not feel like me, right? They just kind of, it's like this moment where you realize, well, almost every decision I've made for the last 10 years I've been making because of what other people have been telling me to do. And now I'm at this point in my 20s where everybody's expecting everything from me because I'm supposed to be an adult and have my shit together. And I thought at 17 that when I was 22, I'd be super successful, like living in like Manhattan, like sex in the city. That's not really, you know what I thought life would yeah. be in who I am and I don't know who I am at all. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That's why we don't, we don't make it a priority to get to know ourselves. But if we're yeah. never doing the work to get to know ourselves, we're not living life in the way that we're meant to, like our life is never going to feel good because we're not attuned to our desires. So if we're not attuned to them, well, how can we go create them? How yep. can we go manifest them? Right. So I think it's like the biggest thing for empaths, but also for like everyone really to yeah. be conscientious of, of really doing the work you need to do to figure out who you are, what you like and what matters to you. Yeah. And I think you made such a good point about the manifesting too, because like, um, sometimes I come across people and they'll come and try to manifest this and it's not working. And I've had this in my life as well. So I like relate totally, but it's like, they get so frustrated and they're like, I can't manifest, not good at manifesting. And I'm just like, hold on. You, you already know you're a master manifester because we're born that way by the way. Um, but then, you know, it's this level of frustration. It's like, I get disappointed. Like I, I have these manifestations. I have these things that I want. Like I want to hit this level in my business. I want to do this, but you know what? The universe isn't actually going to allow you or just the way the universe works, which is on alignment. If yeah. something's not in alignment, it's not going to manifest. Right. Yes. And, um, when we're so caught up in our, um, expectations of what other people have on us, even when we don't know that they are expectations of other people, they're like seeds that were, have been implanted in you since you were a little kid of like how you should be, what success should look like, what um, success should feel like that. Um, when you, when you're in that space, then it's like, sometimes you not like consistently not getting what you want is a sign that you need to go deeper into what you actually want. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I think too, with manifestation, often when we're not seeing like the actualization of our manifestation, it's because there's a deeper part of ourselves that is in resistance to what yeah. it is that we want. Right. Yeah. So like the way alignment works is like, if all of you are in alignment with something that shit's dropping through the universal portal in like one second. Yeah. Right. When it's taking time or it's not, it's because, yeah, you're conscious of the parts of you that want that thing, right? So let's say you're manifesting money. You're conscious of the parts of you that want to have $10,000, right? What you're not conscious of are the parts of you that are actually super terrified to have $10,000 or super afraid of what's going to happen in your relationships when you got $10,000 or super afraid of the responsibility that that $10,000 is going to mean, right? Mm -hmm. So it's always like, if things aren't happening, not freaking out and being like, Oh my God, what's wrong with me? Why is this isn't happening? Like I can't manifest like getting that whole trend going, but doing the deeper inner work to ask yourself the questions of like, well, what parts of me are actually in resistance to the very thing that I think that I want. And when yeah. you work that energy, it's a lot, you're going to manifest things a lot quicker because you're healing your resistance, uh-huh. right? Having one foot it's like you want to get to where you're going, right? You have one foot in the boat ready to go and then the other foot on the shore terrified. It's like that boat's not going to go anywhere until yeah. you're able to pick up the other foot, get it in the boat and go, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. for anybody struggling to manifest, if it hasn't come through yet, you got to do some deeper inner work and ask yourself, 
what part of you is actually not wanting the thing that you think that you want. Yeah, exactly. And like what, what's really interesting as well with like manifesting money, like, cause, um, in my, um, uh, network marketing business before I started my coaching business, I, um, like I was just not getting growth. I like hit a plateau and I could not grow past it. And I was doing everything, like all the manifesting rituals, like all the work, all the hustle, like everything that I could see was the right thing to do. But it was so funny because then as soon as I launched my coaching business, the money manifested straight away. Like I was hitting all of my income goals, like goals that I remember I used to like dream about and be like, can you imagine like even earning that much money? Like, what would you do with that much money? And now I'm just like, that's my normal now. And I like look back and I reflect sometimes. And so it was like, it was so interesting. But when you think about, when I think about like um, what you were just saying, it's like, even though um, that, that process happened for me more slowly, it was like more a slow transition that I learned these things about myself. But it was like, um, it was actually, it wasn't the money, having the money that was out of alignment. It wasn't necessarily even the way that I desired to serve, but it was in the container that I was doing it. That wasn't in alignment with me at that time. Right. Yeah. And so it was like, so interesting though, because I wasn't even allowing myself to be aware of that because I was so one track minded that I was like, this has to be the way. And then as soon as I had a coach say to me, um, well, why don't you do this as well? You can do two things, you know, I was like, huh. And I was like, you know what? I am really excited. Like I, and then I started to realize, I'm like, I've actually always wanted to do this. Like I always had this deep desire to be a coach, but I just thought that, you know, once I was successful or like when I had more of this or when I earned more money, like I always thought there had to be some sort of prerequisite. And then as soon as she said that to me, I'm like, Hmm, let's see. And I like had so much fun setting it up. I had so much fun creating it and designing it. And then as soon as I launched, and it took me like a little while to get clients, but as soon as I started getting clients and I started earning money, I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You know, and then suddenly like these things started manifesting as well. So it was like so interesting because there was things I desired, but I was suppressing them because I was so focused on the way things I thought they had to be. Right. Totally. And it's not just about that particular business. I mean, there, it, it could have been a million other things as well, like how I perceived success and whatever else. But yeah, it's so interesting. For sure. Like there's a very different vibration to a need than, uh-huh. a, than a desire, uh-huh. right? Like when we need something, it's like we're in our fight or flight, right? Yeah. We're not like, oh, like I need this or literally we have such an intense fear. Literally we think we're going to die. We think we're going to lose. People aren't going <laughs> to like us, right? Like we honestly, like when we need something, it's a totally different energy and it's really hard to manifest things from the energy of need, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot easier to manifest things from the energy of desire, right? It's like, I don't need this, right? I'm going to be fine without this thing, right? I'm all my needs are going to be met, but I really want it. I really desire it. It feels really fun. Like that is the type of vibe that you want to be, um, manifesting from, right? Because in that energy, things are going to happen so much more quickly Mm -hmm. because when we feel that way, it means we're actually in alignment, right? Versus like, I need this to happen or else like, you know, it's like that desperate energy. It doesn't attract great things, right? That's even conscientious because when people get stuck manifesting like the example you shared a few minutes ago it's like they're like oh my god I need this to happen why isn't it working I'm writing my affirmations you know I'm like speaking my mantras like I'm doing all the things I'm visualizing like, why happen? and it's like okay like let's take a step back girl what is your energy right now because that is not like the energy that the vibe that you're on right now is not conducive really to, to you attracting good things into your life at all take a deep breath what's going to make you feel a little bit better right now and then moving for, moving forward. I think your vibes are really 
everything when it comes to manifestation yeah. and not so yeah. much the doing but like as Melanie says who you're being while you're doing it yeah right? because this is a thing as well as like um words are actually our like poorest form of communication I like learned this from um conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh um Ooh. great great recommendation by the way um but uh in that they talk about how um yeah, words are a poorest form of communication because like, for example, you can look at a sunset and feel something, but how can you explain that, right? Like our feelings are a way more clear indication of what it is that we're trying to communicate than, um, than our words. And mm -hmm. so often we're taught though to communicate with words. So we try to put our desires into words and we forget about the feeling. And when we're, when we're in a, state of like connecting with the universe and asking for things to manifest like our words can be saying one thing but our if our vibes are saying something else it's the vibes that are a clear communication they're a way clear channel right no. they, and and so when we're in the 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 state of wanting something or needing something actually what we're manifesting is more needing not the thing we're saying we want because we're in a space of needing something so it's like you're actually yeah, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy of like wanting yeah. more things to need. I need this. I need this. I'm desperate. I'm desperate. And it's like, that's actually what we're manifesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I say this with just like, oh my God, I feel you if you're going through this because this was me for such a long time. Like it's only been so recent for me that I am really getting to the point where I've paid my bills and I still feel like I have a comfortable amount in my bank account. Like most of my life, if not all of it, you know, I, I was paycheck to paycheck and like even behind my mm -hmm. bills, yeah. you know? And so yeah. it was always this space of need. It was like, I need the money. Like the money has to come through this week. Otherwise I don't even know what I'm going to do. Like, yeah. and so it was like being able to learn how to be in that situation, but be disciplined with my vibes. Oh, damn. But then I like also have this amazing smile on my face because it's possible. And when you get to that space where suddenly things aren't in need anymore, it just it feels so good. It's so possible, but it's like, like, it's like, are those things you really are needing a need now, right? And when you're able yeah. to take the pressure off of them and uh -huh. be cool with things as they are now, right? That's you're in the sweet spot of manifesting. Yeah. And it's so funny that you say that about money because I actually had such a full circle moment yesterday. We went to yeah. go get our taxes done yesterday with our financial advisor. And normally, like, I'm a hot freaking mess at tax season. Like, yeah. I'm, like, so anxious. Like, I have had this idea since owning a business that somehow the government's going to get me in trouble. Like, I'm doing it wrong. Like A lot of people think that, actually. Me, too. I used to think So that. much fear, right? And this year, I realized it was such a full circle moment because I felt like a boss in my meeting. Like, I'm so proud of myself and how much growth that I've had in my business and in my finances over the last year or two. Feeling so good in it. We get a great outcome. Like I was expecting to have to pay like thousands of dollars on my taxes this year. I had to pay like under five hundred dollars because yeah. of all the trade offs and everything. And I'm like, sweet. And it's the first time in my life where I genuinely had enough money to save for it. Right? Yeah. Like I have I have enough money to pay for my taxes, my husband's taxes, and then like a surplus of a few grand in my account. Right? And I'm like, wow. Literally, it was only two years ago that I was having to put my taxes on my visa card because I had like my money situation was such a mess. I was like, you're needing, 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 always feeling behind, always feeling behind doing all of the manifestation things and not really seeing results and then thinking there was something super freaking wrong with me because it's working for everyone else. Why isn't it working for me? And just caught in that whole spinning 
like a spinning dreidel, just like a spinning hot mess of a dreidel. Like it was bad, but then, then you get to this place and all of a sudden you realize like, whoa, I'm not there anymore. Right. And it's just so empowering. And so for anybody who is feeling, you're like, Ooh, I got some need vibes going on. Like it is so possible to change that. It is so possible to change your frequency. You can change your frequency in one second by choosing, by changing where you're focusing. Right. Mm -hmm. Often when we're in that needing energy, we're looking at all of the things that we don't have and all of the things that we want and feeling the, the pain of the vibrational gap that exists between them. Right. And Uh if we can literally get the discipline to shift our focus and look at all the things that actually are going well in our life, right. Whether they're related to what we want to manifest or not, right. Finding appreciation for the things that we do have, it starts to change our frequency and we start to get out of that neediness and we can relax and come out of fight or flight. And then therefore, when we're, when we're more relaxed, we're more able to receive what it is that we desire. If we're super constricted and like needing to control and all uptight with things, it's like we can't really receive anything either in that energy. Mm-hmm. And this is a thing as well as like, even if you think back to some of your like worst times ever, you've made it through right? Like things only feel like a complete shit show when you're in them. (laughs) Then you get out the other side and you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. (laughs) And, um, like, I mean, there were so many times I was like, do I die now? Like, I don't know what happens. Like, I don't even know how to handle this. Like I just, (laughs) I just didn't know how to comprehend how I would even handle it. But then I went through it and it was fine. You know what I mean? And now I look back and I'm like, oh, this is like, now I'm such a powerhouse at teaching this. I'm such a powerhouse at supporting other people going through it. And so it's like, you, we forget that in the moment, but like, I always like bring myself back to, if I'm ever having a moment like that, that, you know, there's never been a time that I literally died from how bad things got. Like it always works itself out. And all of you that are like listening to this podcast, you know, I know you're in a space where you're eager to learn. You have desire, you have, um, you know, this, I feel like your heart's in the right place, you know? And so when you're that kind of person, no matter the circumstance, there's always going to be a more powerful path awaiting you, right? Like you have to remember that it's just set up that way. Totally. And this is why I think emotional intelligence is so important because I really believe that when we desire something, right, the Mm -hmm. universe is actually supporting us. So when we desire something really big, like let's say we desire to, let's say you desire to run a six figure business, right? Mm -hmm. I'll just a pretty common desire in this this realm right Mm -hmm. so it's like you desire this right so then what's going to happen is you have this desire you declare it to the universe you realize it's your desire now the universe is going to show you like oil and water all of the places where you're not in vibrational alignment with the six-figure business Mm -hmm. right now if you like rave and rave and just freak out about it and there's like oh my god i'm not there i'm not there i'm not there yet right? It's like the universe is showing you the ways that you're not there yet so that you can shift and process that and move through that and get to the other side. And so this is why I think emotional intelligence is so important is because people don't always get this at the beginning. Like I know I did not get this at all. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I want this. When it didn't fall through from the fucking clouds the next day, I was like, what's wrong with me? What's going on? Like there's something, right? And I compounded my emotions like a spiral out of control, like nobody's business, right? Now, when I have a desire and I'm like, I'm still working towards, you know, desires that I had two, three years ago, but my whole vibe around it is different. I have so much more compassion for myself. Mm -hmm. I allow myself to feel, you know, you, you are human beings. There's going to be days where we're going to feel a sadness, where we're going to feel anxiety, where we're going to feel fear. Like these are all really healthy emotions that we are meant to feel right. 
And it's not making these emotions mean anything about us, right? We tell ourselves all these crazy stories like, like I have anxiety, I'm never going to be better, right? I, I, that means this isn't right for me, right? We just get really in our heads with things. And so yeah. I think learning, you know, emotional intelligence and how to actually feel your feelings without self-sabotaging yourself to the point where like you get super stuck or you spiral out of control is everything because the universe is actually doing you a massive favor and triggering you. It's mm -hmm. showing you the places where you're not actually in alignment with what it is that you say that you want so yeah. that you can make the choice to get into alignment, mm -hmm. right? Now, this is a process, and it's not something that happens in a minute, right? It takes, you know, time, and we're always growing, and we're always expanding, but if we understand that, like, the things that are difficult for us, the challenges that are placed in our path are actually there to help us become who it is we need to be to get what we want. Want, we have a totally different perspective on the game of life and it makes it so much more enjoyable to move through things because we're not stressing ourselves out and making it 10 times worse and sending ourselves back one thing when shit hits the fan as it always does for each of us all yeah. of us have moments in our lives where things don't go well like it's yeah. it's humans it's meant it's meant to be this way like it's mm -hmm. not meant to all be sunshines kittens and rainbows and manifestations and lollipops like we're meant to feel every feeling that exists in the spectrum of emotion. So yeah, for that is everything. Yeah, absolutely. Mic drop moment. <laughs> <laughs> this has been such an amazing conversation. Like I can't even believe how fast time flies when you're like having a good conversation like this. Um, um, so I really, really thank you for joining me. Um, and I would love before I ask you like my final question, yeah. to, um, which isn't really a question. It's just like, a thing but anyway you'll see um <laughs> I'm just building it up and it's nothing anyway so I would love for you to share like how people can connect with you because um I want people in your vibe because in your vibe people are gonna be friggin' raising their vibe which is a good oh my thing. gosh I love you so much so my website alexandracruthers.com it's kind of like where everything lives yeah. I am launching a podcast so by the time that this episode's the time that this episode airs my podcast will be available in the iTunes store it's called vibes the podcast Viola helped me set the whole thing up with her podcast project, which was awesome. So that is live. You can go listen to the episodes there. I'm going to have you on. We're have actually having another chat next week to have Viola as a guest on my podcast. Yay. So you can hang out with me there, um, which is awesome. So exciting. And then I'm on Instagram at Alexandra Carruthers and Facebook. You can find me as Alex Carruthers. Um, search me out, add me as a friend, send me a message. Let me know that you found me through listening to this podcast and I will lovingly welcome you into my circle. And I also have a group on Facebook called Vibes, the community that you can search um, in the Facebook bar. So that's where, that's where I live online. I love it. And of course the places will be in the show notes, but please just take a screenshot of the episode and upload it and make sure to tag us so yeah. we know you're listening. Um, and yeah, again, thank you so much to everyone who's listening. And to Alex, is there anything else that you want to like leave us with? Like, if, is there like anything that you feel that the emotional, sensitive, empathic souls of the world need to hear from you? I feel like wherever you are right now is exactly where you're meant to be. Like, don't fight the present moment because I think that's where a lot of us get really stuck is we resist where we are so intensely. And the thing is you can't move forward if you don't accept where you are. So no matter how you're feeling listening to this, if you're in a place in your life where you're super discouraged, if you've been disappointed, if you're like resonating to a lot of what Viola and I have talked about, about like being in that needy space and like, oh my God, is this ever gonna work out? Like to take a deep breath, 
right? To tell yourself it's completely okay to be where you are. And then for yourself and your energy, moving in the direction of relief, right? A lot of us feel like we need to make these massive emotional jumps, right? Mm -hmm. We need to go from feeling super anxious to like ecstatic joy in like one second. And I feel like the only thing that really like creates those big leaps in people are like near-death experiences and drugs, right? For a lot of us normally, right? It's littler steps. So if you're feeling feelings that are difficult or uncomfortable and you're kind of in a space that's a little bit itchy right now, asking yourself, what in this moment is going to bring me a little bit of relief? And really tending to your own energy and your own vibe because like we say, your vibes matter so much more than your words. Your vibes matter so much more than what you're doing. So how you feel is really everything. So really making that a priority and asking yourself, like, what can I do to feel a little bit more relief right now? That mm -hmm. is what I would leave, leave people with. I love that. That's so good because like that, it's so funny when I look at my journey as well and the times when I really could own where I was and be like, this is where I am and it's okay and it's amazing and it's awesome are like the times that that's when I shifted forward. So I love that advice. Yeah. 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 That's so good. And because I think as well, a lot of us were so trained to always be looking at what we want and be like, oh, why am I not there yet? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you to all the listeners for being here. Like I know that you're, you know, your time is precious and the fact that you spend it here with us is incredible. So I love you, love you, love you for it. And, um, yeah. So if you also, I, I just want to quickly mention as well, right now I'm in the launch of my book um, writing program, which is called Channel Your Inner Author. So if you want to know more about that, um, definitely let me know or um, send me a message on one of my social medias so that I can send you the link for that. If you've ever, ever wanted to write a book and you're like, now's the time it's designed to help you write and publish your book in two months. So it's beautiful. What? Oh yeah. my gosh. Amazing. Amazing. Yes. And yeah. So um, make sure to get on Alex's podcast too, because I have no doubt that is going to be like hitting the charts big time. And I'm so excited about it. I'm going to go like literally subscribe right now because while we're recording this, it's like just gone live. But by the time you're hearing this, it is like officially live. So <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, thank you again so much and sending you all lots and lots of love. Bye. Bye.